unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Welcome to episode two in our series, Revelation Expectations. This is Apostle Charles of Charles George Missions and... And this is Stephanie Wright. Thank you for joining us today. We are continuing our journey through the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of and in the Bible. We encourage you to listen to the first podcast in this series to establish a good foundation for future episodes. Revelation is a beautiful book about Jesus, his mercy to us and to the unsaved. He prolongs his return because God does not want any to be lost. If you do not know him, now would be a good time to invite Jesus into your heart as your Savior and Lord. Yes, today we will continue our journey in the seven churches, beginning with chapter two in Revelation. Chapter two and three are all red letter uh, Bibles, if you would, uh, meaning these are the words of Jesus Christ. He tells the apostle John to take his messages to the angel of each church. The seven churches are first listed in chapter one, verse 11, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. But remember, the message is also to us for Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed is he that reads and hears the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So let's get started. We are starting at uh, Revelation chapter 2 with the church of Ephesus in the first verse of uh, chapter of chapter 2 in Ephesus that unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things and again this is what uh, Jesus is speaking to John telling him to go to the angel of the church of Ephesus and write so what we also want to say here is that every one of these uh, churches in this in these two chapters, has a certain pattern that you will see if you read through all of them. That pattern is that it reflects Jesus' title. It says something about Jesus specifically. It describes him. He proceeds, Jesus proceeds to say what these churches did or what they failed to do. And then he speaks, he gives them a charge. In other words, what they are required to do, what he expects of them. It also talks about punishment. And you're going to find that all of the churches don't have a punishment. There are a couple of churches in there that are not like the other churches. And then we have a promise from God for those churches that do what Jesus is telling them to do. They have a promise from God as to how he is going to bless them. And you will also notice that in each one of these churches, there is an adversary. There are adversaries in all of these churches who are specifically named. And so, so that's what we want you to keep in mind as we go through. So starting with Ephesus, Jesus' title is, He that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And we said in verse 20 of the first chapter that the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. So we have the angels of the seven churches, and we have the seven churches. 
Okay, so Apostle Charles, would you like to join in here? Well, uh, I'd like to emphasize that it's believed by most scholars that the seven stars uh, in his right hand is uh, replicates what he also refers to as um, the seven um, angels to the church. They're the same. Uh, it's believed that the seven stars is in his right hand and the seven uh, angels that the messages are given to that came from Jesus, that was given to John, who gives it to the seven angels. They're the same as the seven stars in his right hand, who are also the seven angels, which are the pastors and leaders in the church. Now, moving on to the second uh, focus of the church of Ephesus, what they did in verse two and three, Jesus says that, oh, and one thing we want to emphasize Jesus says in each one of these seven churches, I know your works. And we will comment on that a little right after we look at Ephesus first. What were the works? He said, I know your works and your labor and your patience and how you can not bear them which are evil. And you have tried and, and you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. So these are the things that Jesus says that they did. He's looking at their works, their labors, their patience, and how they did not tolerate those who were supposed to be uh, of God and were not of God and those who were liars. So that would be what he sees as their works. Um, and I think, Apostle Charles, you had a comment that you wanted to make about works. Well, the works are simply your, our obedience to what Stephanie will show us later, the charges. Uh, our obedience to the charges that uh, the Lord will give to each one of the churches is the work that we are actually supposed to do, as opposed to our own works, as opposed to the works of being influenced by secular teachings and outside the body of Christ uh, influences. Well, the works is what we do, the works of faith in Jesus Christ his direction. So if we said works, it's your and my acts of faith in him. Okay. Um, you said that we were going to talk about, um, I don't know you. You oh. appear before Jesus. And that's what I'm referring to. Oh. That's the comment that I was looking at. Okay. Okay. No. Do you have that in your mind? Sure. Yeah. When I think of that, um, and of course, in Scripture, you, you need to refer to earlier testaments in the Scriptures. But Jesus made a comment to people who were leaders in the church who uh, would see him. Jesus made a comment to people who were leaders in the church who uh, would see him one day and they would come to him and say, yeah, didn't we do this in your name? And didn't we cast out devils? And didn't we preach in your name and teach? And didn't we give away offerings and donations in your name and attend church in your name? Well, OK, that's fine. Well, and good. But here's the scary part is when you don't do what he tells us to do then, uh, yeah, they're just performances and they are works, but they're performances. Uh, sometimes it's just to get our own personal attention. But nevertheless, the character of us is the character of Christ, that we're servants of the Lord and we're not to be celebrities, but we're servants of the Lord and we do what he tells us to do. Stephanie referred to earlier about uh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit has to say. So the spirit of God, sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. And you get to the point when we get to heaven, we get in the presence of the Lord. And he says to us, some of us, he said, I don't know you. Well, here's the statement that I'd like to uh, apply to our works. You may, may know the works of Jesus, 
I may know the works of Jesus, but the question is turned around. Does he know us? Because he said that it's going to be for some. He's going to say, I don't know you. So we should reflect upon ourselves as his leaders, his called out ones, and uh, self-examine ourselves and to be sure that we are doing what he tells us to do. And we do it as servants and not as celebrities. And we do those works that he calls us to because we're going to be uh, tempted and tested as to whether our works are made of silver, gold, or whether it's made of wood and hay and stubble. He's not necessarily going to throw us away, but he will call us into his deeper character and we will be tested so that all that other stuff is burned out of us. Then that's his work. But the question is, will we do what he says? And do we really know him? So just remember that Jesus is asking, is saying to all of these churches, I know your works. The question is, does Jesus know your works? And do you know his works and how he can work in you? Amen. So moving on now, still with the church of Ephesus, what are the things that they did not do? Okay. Remember, we are going through Jesus title. What still with the church of Ephesus, what are the things that they did not do? Okay. Remember, we are going through Jesus title, what they did. Now we're talking about what they did not do. Verse four says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. Because you left your first love. And that is, all of us can remember our first love. Jesus should be our first love. When you first meet him and you get to know him and you have a personal relationship with him, he will be your first love. And I'm going to say here that when I first met Apostle Charles, he was a backslider and he was the most miserable person that you ever would want to know. And I didn't even know Christ at that time. I, I didn't really know him the way that I know him now. But I just know that this man would talk all the time about Jesus. You know, it was like an, an old girlfriend or something that he was still talking about. So they left their first love. And that was the thing that God did not like, that Jesus did not like about uh, this church at Ephesus. I have someone against you because you have left your first love. But then he goes on and he tells them, this is the charge. This is their charge, what they are required to do. Remember, verse five, remember therefore from whence you are fallen. Remember where you fell from and repent. What is that thing that caused you to fall? Repent from that and go back and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly. And that word quickly, we're going to see that more than once as we go through the word of God. And we're even going to see it when we get to the very end of Revelation because Jesus said he is he's coming quickly. It doesn't say he's coming soon. It says he's coming quickly. And will remove your candlestick out of his place except you repent. So this that is the charge. That is the, the warning that the candlestick will be removed out of its place. And remember, the candlestick is the seven churches and the seven stars are the uh, angels of the seven churches. And you want to comment on that, Apostle Charles? Well, uh, I possibly would like to comment on that first love because that's what, that's the very reason why Jesus is giving uh, this uh, warning about removal is because of leaving the first love. It, uh, the, the, that first love that we have towards Christ is, is supposed to be the preeminent 
Uh, It doesn't mean that you don't love others and that you don't love some of the things that God has given you to do the works, but he is to be primarily the preeminent love in your life because that's the only way we can do the charges that are given to us. We cannot possibly do those charges to remember. We can't even remember uh, from where we are fallen unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. And when the Holy Spirit reveals to us and touches our hearts, and like we're going to review shortly, um, we cannot receive all those promises. We cannot receive the blessings except the Holy Spirit is leading us. This is a key issue here. It's the Holy Spirit who knows who works in your labor. It's the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ uh, who is the one who shows us the shortcomings and the things that he holds against us and things we don't do. So uh, the charge is to be remembering, and he is causing us, speaking to us and say, remember, it is him who's telling us to remember and, and challenging us to go back. Do you still love me like you did from the beginning? Has your love grown? Has it increased? Have you done things this year that you have never done before in the name of Jesus? Have you followed him to a place where a new level, we say sometimes? So, yeah, uh, remember from where you've fallen because you can't go. And if you've fallen in a certain spot, it definitely means you haven't progressed any further. So, yeah, God is calling us to increase. Amen. And so, and he also points out in verse six, um, but you have and you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And we're going to, these Nicolaitans come up again uh, in another verse. And I think you did the research on them. Yeah, where is that in the, where we're talking? That's, that is in verse six. Verse six, and it still is referring to the church at Ephesus. We're still in Ephesus. Wow. Uh, this, this, imp- the, yeah, like Stephanie is saying, you'll see this ref- reference to Nicolaitans more than once. Uh, for example, well, I tried to find out what, what, who were the Nicolaitans. Well, I discovered that the Nicolaitans were followers who were in the church. You, you see it in Ephesus. You'll see it in uh, Pergamum. Uh, they were followers of an, a deacon, a deacon who had been ordained by the apostles. Uh, his name was Nicole or Nicol, Nicholas in Greek, Nicholas. The Nicolaitans, he was ordained by the apostles. If you refer to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 6 and verse 3, you'll see where the he was a Greek. He was a, a Hellenistic Greek deacon who had been chosen to uh, do the work of a deacon to take care of the women and see to their being supported in the church. But he got to the point where he got out of his as some people say, out of his lane, and he was misleading. After some people receive power and they don't know what to do with it except go out in their own direction rather than stay under those who are, have authority over them. So, yeah, you'll hear more about the Nicolaitans later. Okay. So now we come to, um, and we've already talked about the punishment, actually, because the Lord said in verse 5, I will come to you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of his place except you repent. But now look at the promise. And this is always the good part. The promise is, verse 7, to him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And there's reference made to the tree of life in Revelation chapter 22, verse 2 and 22, verse 14. So we just want you to know that as we go along, we're going to try to, you know, let you know what's in later chapters and uh, to keep you a little bit enticed as we go through this book. Because as I said, it's a beautiful book. I love this podcast that we're doing, this YouTube video or whatever we're going to be doing this on. And do you have any comments on that, Apostle Charles? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then we also have the adversaries. Every one of these churches has their adversaries. And we've already talked about the Nicolaitans, so they were the adversaries that the church of Ephesus was dealing with. 
Um, and verse 2 references them that are evil, them that say they are apostles and found to be liars. So these were people who had infiltrated the church and were the adversaries in the church. I think it's very good that you brought out the part, part about the Nicolaitans in the Ephesian church and the comment that was made that Jesus said, and some that you have among you who say they are apostles, but they are not. So Jesus actually is the one who chooses and selects apostles, evangelists, uh, pastors, uh, teachers, and so forth. But Nicole, Nicholas was not chosen to these offices. He was ordained to the office of a deacon. And so Apparently, he was trying to take over and say, I'm an apostle. Why? Why would you say something that you're not, that the Lord has not ordained you for? There are things and places that we're called to, and God wants us all to be promoted in his kingdom, but at the time that he selects it to be done. So it's very, we have to really examine ourselves against with the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost who leads us. Amen. Finally, what we want to talk about in this chapter verse 7 says he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches we that was a charge wasn't it that is also a charge that is part of the charge that you if you have an ear hear what the spirit says yeah. to the churches and this is repeated to every church every church the seven churches you will hear this repeated you will hear i know thy works and you will hear he that hath an ear, let him hear. So what we would say, mm. not, it's not just to the churches. Always remember, this message is to us too. If you have an ear, have, have an ear. Not if you have an ear. We're asking you to have an ear to mm -hmm. hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Yeah, that, that, that hearing ear is also a hearing heart. And because the heart, of the, usually our brain, if you would, <laughs> our heart is going to direct our hearts. If we love God, like the Lord has pointed out to the Ephesian church, then we will have the heart of love to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. He that hath an ear. It made me think, me think about uh, your faith, my faith, my confession. Um, uh, the, the faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the word of God is spoken to this church and says, remember from where you fell? Remember, this is the word. And now if the Holy Spirit is speaking into our hearts, the heart is going to remember. And the heart is going to say, yes, Lord, I remember from where I followed. Because Stephanie has told you when she met me, I was a backslider and I was miserable. But thank God that I was miserable because she was able to observe that and then bring it to my observation and make me realize that I was a living corpse. I was a living dead man. I was a living witness as a dead man. I was alive but dead. So, until you and I are led by the Holy Spirit and we have the ear, a hearing heart, then we can confess with our mouth, our confession of faith in our shortcomings, and then come to the calling of not being fallen, but to stand up again, get up again, and get on board with the journey of Jesus Christ as he leads you and directs your heart. This is a charge that we're supposed to keep. It's a challenge, but yet a charge. Okay, so thank you for joining us today. We managed to get through the Church of Ephesus. Next time, we will move on to the Church at Smyrna. And uh, have a blessed day, week, month, and the rest of your life. <laughs> we'll see you next time. God bless you. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast where all episodes are available by category and series format. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you.
Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.